the book of Leviticus. We continue our study in this book. And we are in chapter 8 of the book of Leviticus. We have looked at the five sacrifices necessary to drawing near to God. We saw in those five sacrifices those things that God requires for the people to draw near to Him. Now, we need a mediation team that will work with those sacrifices between God and the people, and that mediating factor would be the priesthood. And there is a mediation team, if you will, that needs to draw the people near to God. And that is their life and that is their ministry. And so God commands Moses to bring forth Aaron and his sons that he may consecrate them as a priesthood. What we recognize is that Moses is taking the position very much like Melchizedek, that authority over the Levitical priesthood, to declare them as a priest's uh, uh, a tribe of priests before God, and the writer of Hebrews shows us that the Levitical priesthood was not a permanent one. Because in Hebrews chapter 7, he tells us that in essence, the tribe of Levi was in the loins of Abraham who bowed before Melchizedek, the priest of God. And we know that Melchizedek is the figure of Christ. And we know that Christ is the mediator between God and man. There is no other mediator between God and man except the man Christ Jesus. And at the River Jordan, when Jesus came into the baptismal waters and John the Baptist, a Levite, was baptizing him, the transference from the Levitical tribe went to the Melchizedek priesthood of Jesus Christ, where there is only one high priest over all the people of God, and that's the Lord Jesus we see that this Levitical priesthood is a picture of us, the church. It's a picture of the priests of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom He is over, and who, when we became Christians or born from above, we became the priests of a Most High God. And what I want to show you in Leviticus 8 is that we're that mediation from a lost world to a holy God. We're the body of Christ, the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the pillar of truth in the earth, and we're to mediate between the lost and God a ministry of reconciliation. And so as I take you through Leviticus 8, I want you to begin seeing yourself as a priest. In fact, Peter tells us this. He says, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. He is quoting from Deuteronomy. He's quoting from Leviticus of what Israel was, a shadow and a type. But now through Christ, you're the priesthood. You're the holy nation. Christians are the nation of priests unto a holy God. Now, you don't work towards attaining that. You don't, you don't say, well, you know what? I'm going to stay at this level. Some people have a calling, and some people press further in their studies and maybe go to some Bible school or something like this. No, the minute you are born again, born from God, you become a priest of the Most High God. You're a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood, the king's prophets and priests of the Lord because he's invested his spirit in you. 
And so as we look at this, I want you to see these very ten important things in the consecration of the priests. Because this happened in your life already. You may not have known its fullness, and I want to have you walk into that and begin to mediate between a dying world and a living God. The life that God has put in you. I'm not going to read Leviticus 8. That's your assignment this week. But I'm going to take you through these ten points of what the Leviticus, Levitical priesthood, or more specifically Aaron, needed to do to be consecrated for the priesthood. And so Moses came, as Christ did, to lay hands upon Aaron and consecrate the priests. The Lord Jesus Christ has called you and me to be a royal priesthood. What amazes me is the sacrifices that we're to bring are praises to Him. The fruit of our lips giving praise. The word of our testimony defeating an enemy. And pronouncing, thus saith the Lord in the earth, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our job. That's not my job. That's your job. There is no clergy and laity in the kingdom. We are all priests, kings, and prophets of the Lord Most High. The priesthood of all believers is that every Christian is employed by the Holy Spirit to do this work. And so the consecration begins. Now the first thing that took place is that Aaron was to be washed. He was to come out in front of the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, and he was to present himself. And he was to take his old garments off and stand before the people. The people gathered round, and the first thing that a priest must do in this situation is stand before all the people, nothing hidden, and say, I'm a sinner that needs cleansing. For the mediation of the priesthood is so that we understand the world of sinners and they understand that we have now been saved. You and I need to be washed. Paul says, taking off the old man and putting on the new man, Christ. And so you and I need to be washed by the washing of the word that Christ prepares his bride. And we stand in front of a world and we say, we're sinners. We're not better than you. Our sin is as filthy rags. We need a Savior. And Christ is my Savior. And that's the word of my testimony. Saved by grace. But you're so much better than I am. No, I'm not. And the only thing that is of any value in me is of the Holy Spirit. And He's changing me and completing me. And He can do that for you. You see, I really believe the church has lost its witness to a dying world. We've been pursuing the deeper things of God, the rich things of God, the giftings of God, but sometimes when you're pursuing God in such a manner, we lose touch with the people. Some of us don't even hang around unbelievers. We don't want to get tainted. What kind of a priesthood is that? What kind of mediation is that? That we would not go to a lost world, but we're so holy we got to live on a hill. We only hang with Christians. We only watch Christian TV, listen to Christian music. We only buy Christian wood for our houses. Hire Christian plumbers, Christian electricians, buy Christian microphones, and buy Christian Dior clothes. All right, I just threw that in there. I'm taking any 
hand-me-downs of that if anybody wants. <laughs> but you see what I mean? You know, a priest is supposed to mediate, but if you've separated yourself so far from the people you're trying to reach, now, of course, we're not to be of the world, but we're to be in this world. In fact, Jesus specifically prayed, don't take them out. Don't take them out. Right? Isn't it interesting? The church just wants to leave. We do. I can't wait for the rapture. i got to get out of here. It's getting bad. It's getting bad. Come, Jesus, come. And Jesus is interceding. Oh, if my people would touch the lost, don't take them out yet, Father. Don't take them out. I think there's an argument going on between the church and Jesus. I want to go. I want to go. Please stay. Please stay. we got to get the heart of Christ. There's a dying world out here. And I literally point right outside that window because in this neighborhood and all around us, there are people who need a priesthood that will believe. And the priesthood that's most effective says, look at me. I was lost and now I'm found. What a wretch I was, but now I'm saved. And so the priest had to stand in front of everybody and stand there and say, I need to be washed by God. Now there's speculation as to the washing, well, uh, but here's the interesting thing. He didn't wash himself. You and I can't wash ourselves. It's only by the blood of the Lamb that you and I can be washed. And by his Holy Spirit that begins to convict us and begin to show us the areas that we have to work on. Now, he was either washed or he was uh, immersed in water before the people. And so he recognized and all the people recognized he's one of us, but he is consecrated unto God. That's what we need to be. And secondly, he then was clothed. I thank God for this. Behold, a new creation. The former things have been passed away. All things are made new. Taking off the former things, we now put on Christ. And Paul says that we are to make Christ look attractive to others. We should be adorning Christ on us that people say, man, you look good. Is it your hair? Huh? Is your teeth? What'd you do? You're dressing good. No, it's just Jesus. I'm making him attractive. How's he look on me? Does he look good? That's what people need to be commenting on. We spend how much hours in front of the mirror, right? Wow. You know how much money the world puts into makeup and beauty, right? You see 60-year-old people that are as tight as a drum. I lost my mic on that. It's weird because you know they're 60, but they have a face of a four-year-old. When all God wants is us to look good with Jesus on us. That's attractive. P Peter said that, that if you wear Christ in such a way, people will come up to you and ask you for the hope that you have within you. See, they're reading a hope. You're, you're addressed in faith, hope, love, peace, gentleness, goodness, self-control. That's attractive to a world that's sick of people yelling at each other in bitterness and frustration. And so they were putting on a new garment. The priests never wore their old garments again. They now had a new war wardrobe. And it was an interesting wardrobe because it was white. It was pure white and the linen that they put on. And we see in the book of Revelation that the clothes that you and I wear spiritually is a white raiment, no spot, no wrinkle. 
because we've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. My filthy rags have been taken off. Hallelujah. My righteousness is no good, but He's put His righteousness on me. And that transition took place at the cross so that the old man was put to death and buried with Jesus. And the new man and the new nature of Christ was put in me. Hallelujah. I've got new clothes on. A new nature and a new being. And that was the high priest. Then they would put an ephod on him. That ephod is this outer garment here with a sash that was tied around him. You can read about it in the book of Revelation, seeing Jesus dressed in the same outfit. When, it, when, when John looked to see uh, the voice that sounded like a trumpet walking between the lampstands, he saw Christ with the sash and the raiment of the high priest. But also was this, the ephod. This part of the ephod was the breastplate that held the 12 stones of the tribes of Israel. It represented the 12 tribes. And so the high priest, as he would go in to minister before the Ark of the Covenant, he was carrying by intercession the people, all the tribes. And on top of his shoulders were the onyx stones, and on these onyx stones were transcribed the six names of the tribes here and six here, so the 12 tribes. The weight were carried on his shoulder and in front of his breastplate. And he would intercede for the nation and for the people. God convicted me this morning while I was preaching this that I don't pray enough for my nation. And I, I, I don't th- we don't pray enough for President Obama. Some of you say, well, I'm not a Democrat. You're a Christian. And Paul tells us, commands us, that we are to pray for all those in authority, first the king. Well, he doesn't hold my beliefs. That's not what you're praying about. You're praying for your nation. You're interceding for this land. You're praying for God's spirit to be poured out. You pray for the governor. You pray for the mayor. You pray for everybody in authority. We're to be carrying this. And it's, it's something that as intercessors, the church must do. That's what a priest does. That's what you do. You intercede, carrying the weight and the burden of our society on you. Who do you think has changed the major shifts in our societies throughout American history? It was people filled with the Holy Spirit. It was pastors and Christian leaders that began marches and began to take in the sick and the poor and develop hospitals and develop marches and develop protests because Christians couldn't stand what was going on. We carry the burden, we carry the weight of the needs of this world. That's what priests do. And then they had these two stones here, the Urim and Thummim. These two stones, one was white, one was black. The Urim, it was held, it was cupped in a pocket beneath the breastplate, behind the breastplate. The Urim and the Thummim were a yes stone and a no stone. And they were to make the decisions for people's lives and the, the, the will of God over the nation. And what they were to do, and, and you'll get different commentaries on it, one was basically that they'd take those stones off and roll them, 
and you'd roll them twice, and if the white stone came up twice, you'd, that was a yes. If the black one came up twice, that was a no, and you'd determine the will of God that way. They believed that Lord, the Lord would determine things. And then you could go all the way to the mystical side of things where Jewish mystics believed that these stones uh, were some kind of quartz and stuff and that they would position them in front of them as they stood before the Ark of the Covenant, and God, by his glory, would reflect out and speak and, and uh, give them messages in that fashion. So whatever way you want to go, I don't know what it was, but here's the bottom line. As priests, your yes and your no are really important. Your yes and your no. All of us need to determine a yes and a no. And many of us are in problems and in trouble because we never said yes or we didn't say no. We just let everybody cause us to go with the flow. How many of you are flow goers? Don't want to interrupt, don't want to disrupt, don't want to say yes, don't want confrontation. Your yes will confront someone, your no will confront someone. Get used to it. Stand up for Jesus. You've got the Urim and the Thummim. You don't got stones. You've got the person of the Holy Spirit within you to tell you and to guide you and to direct your lives. You're priests of the Most High God. Jesus said, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Don't swear by the sun, moon, the, the temple, or God. Yet, let your yes be yes, your no be no. And make a decision. Should I do this or shouldn't I do this? But don't let your flesh direct you. Last of all, they were to wear this turban, this bonnet, to cover their head as a crown of glory. It's interesting that in the book of Exodus, chapter 30, it says that his garments, I'm sorry, chapter 28, the garments of Aaron were made for glory and for beauty. I like that. God's into beauty. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's really pretty outside. God is into beauty. And so then this turban, what was on the front of it, across their forehead, was a gold plate that said, Holiness to the Lord. Priests, you are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit on your forehead that says, Holiness to the Lord. For the Spirit of holiness abides in you. You are sealed by Him, and you are a priest of holiness. And you're to share that holiness with this world. And the fruit of holiness is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. These are the very fruits of holiness. And that's what we're demonstrating to the world. It's the crown we wear. It's the phrase that is upon our forehead. And so that's what we're to give to a dying world. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to commission you and consecrate you that we would take on the message of Leviticus and be responsible as priests. We're not going to read about it. We're going to do it. So I ask you, if you would just lift your hands to the Lord. Now this is for those who are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not born again, you need to sit down. Or... This is your opportunity to get saved. But I would ask you to pray in this fashion. Pray after me. Lord Jesus, I confess I am a sinner. And I stand before you to be washed by your word and cleansed by your spirit. 
I ask you, Jesus, to clothe me now in righteousness. All sin stains gone. And put on me the ephod of intercession that I may carry the weight of the lost in this world before you. And I ask you to give me a yes and a no to direct my life and seal my forehead with the words holiness to the Lord for I am a priest of the Most High God. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Next thing in the consecration was the anointing. They would take the shofar and fill it with oil and pour it upon Aaron's head. Not just a little dab, not just a little mark, but the entire horn. And it would flow on him. You remember Psalm 133, Behold how good and blessed it is that brethren dwell together. It is like the oil that ran down Aaron's beard unto his hem of his garments. And that's the anointing, the unity of the priesthood. And that is the anointing of the church, that we are one as the Father and Son are one. That they may know that you sent me because of our unity. That's the anointing of the church. And Psalm 133 says that God commands a blessing where there is unity. We are the priests of God. And if we would begin to move and act like priests, the anointing will flow upon us heavily and powerfully. And so that is the anointing oil that's put upon us. Now we go to the offerings. But we'll wait. Stand again. Let's take just a few minutes for that anointing. Now I want you to know something. That as soon as you have accepted Christ as your Savior, the person of the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. You don't get a little of Him and then installment plans. You get the full person of the Holy Spirit. And as He dwells in you, you don't need more of Him. You need less of you. And so what we're praying is that the Spirit will pour out of us in greater measure. You don't need any more of Him. You need more released. And that takes faith. That takes faith. You see, we've got a lot of Christians confused because as they're praying for more from God, He can't answer that prayer. He's given you His whole self. So we're saying, I need more, I need more. And He's saying, would you just please, by faith, release more. Do more. Step out in faith. Speak for me. Pray for me. Pray, and more will be released. You don't need more. You need to release more. And so this horn of oil has been placed in you. So lift your hands up, priests of God. Father, uh, say this with me. Heavenly Father, I release now by faith the oil of the Holy Spirit to flow out of me in greater measure. This anointing is secured in me by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You may be sealed. See, I'm not doing all the work up here. you got to get up and down too. Now there were three offerings given. The first one was the sin offering. Aaron would place his hands on the bullock and that sin offering was consumed outside of Jerusalem, outside of the temple. You remember when we studied that. 
because no one would eat and partake of it. Jesus is our sin offering. And what it meant was that even the priests needed a cleansing from sin. Jesus himself needed no cleansing. He was sinless. But you and I needed a perfect sin offering, which is Jesus. You and I lay hands by faith upon the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And because He is perfection and the fulfillment of the law, our sin is removed and buried with Christ and His righteousness is given to us. That's something to celebrate. And so the sin offering was made, then the burnt offering. Brothers and sisters, we all rejoice at the sin offering and Jesus being my offering, but it is now our responsibility to be the burnt offering. Paul says in Romans 12, offer yourselves as what? Living sacrifices. This is your reasonable service unto the Lord. And so you and I are to die to ourselves. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so the burnt offering is you making your life an offering to Christ. Priests, we need to do this. We need to give ourselves to God as a burnt offering. In the burnt offering, the entire sacrifice was consumed and burned. You didn't give a little here. I'm going to give 10% of myself to God. We can't even get the church to give 10%. Did you know that 3% of the church gives 10%? And I'm talking the church universal. Okay, I'll move on. Anyways. Let's sink in. Anyways. We give Jesus an hour out of the week. That is not the priesthood. You give your entire being, your entire self. You now live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Your burnt offering is that when you came to Jesus and said, Lord, be my Savior, you weren't asking Him to come alongside of you. You were dying to yourself. I'll put it like this, as Paul would put it. You are all slaves to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have no rights. Well, I'm an American. No, you're a Christian, and you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. The priests had no fields to work in. The priests had no, no uh, uh, employment that they were to accomplish other than serving the Most High God, and Jesus said that was their portion. They enjoyed that. So the, the burnt offering is us giving ourselves devoted to God, and then the third offering was the ordination offering. Two rams that were given. They got to eat the meat of that, their ordination and the meal offering. But it was very interesting because they would take the blood of that offering, their ordination or consecration offering, and Moses took the blood and he put it on their right earlobe, signifying that their ear now was that of a priest of the Most High God. What you listen to is what God will listen to. What you will attend to, please close those back doors, what you attend to now is the things of the Lord. You'll not listen to the things that are contrary to the Lord. You're not going to listen to gossip. You're not going to listen to slander. You're not going to listen to the foolishness of the things of this earth. But you're going to pay attention and listen. 
You're going to hear the cries of the widows and orphans. You're going to hear the cries of the people and the children. You're going to hear the cries of this world and this great burden that people are under because your ears have now been sanctified as mediators between this world and heaven. Jesus' body is here to minister to this world. And what are we listening to? And so they'd put the blood on the ear to consecrate it. Then they would put the blood on the right thumb, which meant that my hands are now employed by the Holy Spirit of God. Moses wrote a psalm about it. In Psalm 90, verse 17, he said this. What did he say? (laughs) May the beauty of the Lord be upon me and establish the work of my hands. My hands now perform the beautiful work of God. I will touch those who are infirmed. I will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. I shall reach out to the poor. I'll give a cup of cold water to someone who's thirsty. These are the priests of God. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. When the Christians show up, something gets done. They would then take the blood and put it on the big toe of his right foot because now you don't go where you want to you go where God wants to send you God needs a priest here God needs a priest there look at whenever you get lost you can't find your way just do this God what do you want me to do here be employed by God at all times in season and out of season where you walk where you move you're God's person Stand with me now. Let's consecrate these things and these offerings. Lift your hands and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I recognize that the first sacrifice must be the sin sacrifice. I know that Jesus died for my sin so that your spirit could dwell within. I thank you, Jesus, for being my sin offering. I now present my life as a burnt offering. Consume me and use me for your glory. I give you my ears my intellect and mind for the purposes of the kingdom. I give you my hands as instruments of righteousness and I give you my feet that I may walk in the gospel of peace to be used by you at all times. Amen. You may be seated. Next is the wave offering. They were to take that ordination offering and the, the, the front uh, leg of that animal, they were to take and they were to bring it and wave it before God. Paul even says in the New Testament, lifting up holy hands in prayer, praising God and sanctifying Him. The wave offering. How many of you have seen it? I know you've seen the wave before at uh, you know, Tiger Stadium. It's kind of like that, man. It's kind of like waving before God. The idea is this. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. If we would lift up holy hands, if we would take our position between heaven and earth, 
We're mediators who war in the heavenlies, who pray in the realm of the Spirit. And our wave offering is lifting Christ up so that all men would be drawn unto our testimony. Do you have a wave offering? Do you use your mouth to speak the testimony of Christ? And that's our wave offering before the people and before all those who would begin to recognize that God is in our lives. And last of all, we have the blood and the oil. Believe it or not, after all of these offerings took place, Moses came then and took the blood from the offerings and mixed it with the oil of consecration. And he took it and he splattered it on Aaron and the priests. (laughs) These are my new clothes! And I can imagine the Jewish women in the back who had just sewn all these garments saying, what are you doing? How many of you know that it's really hard to get blood out of a white linen cloth? You see, what happened is they got stained with the sacrifice. They got marked by the blood of the Lamb and the oil of God's Spirit. When you and I got saved, we got sprinkled by the blood of the Lamb and anointed by the presence of God never to wash out, never to remove it again from our garments, but that we are cleansed and washed and anointed by God through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. I believe in the spirit realm, when the enemy looks at you, he sees a priest of the Most High God with holiness unto the Lord on your forehead, marked by one who has been saved by Jesus. And he sees the blood on you, and he sees the anointing oil on you, and he knows this is a mediator of the kingdom of God. That's who we are. Oh, we need to take our position, brothers and sisters. Would you stand with me one more time? You're wondering what uh, denomination you came to today. (laughs) Lift your hands up. Let's pray. Our hands are lifted before you. Say this with me. Our hands are lifted before you as a wave offering. I will lift up the name of Jesus before all people that I meet. I will testify of you and give you glory. I am forever stained by the blood of the Lamb and the oil of the Spirit. I am a priest of the Most High God. Amen. You may be seated. I said last of all, but I really didn't mean it. Number nine is this. Interestingly enough, As they had made themselves naked and then clothed and the sacrifices and the oil and the blood and the wave offering and all that they had done, they did outside of the tent of meeting. And now God commanded them, as Moses said, that they were not to come out of the tent of meeting for seven days. So they were to go into the holy place where the showbread is, the lampstand, and the altar of incense. Now they were to go inside the holy place, shut in with God for seven days, lest they die. The consummation of their consecration was to wait upon God. 
And this is something that the church needs to have restored to it. Brothers and sisters, we can do religious activities. We can do the waves and we can do the anointings and we can do the ministry to the people. But if we've not been with Jesus, if we've not taken the time out of all of our activity and duties, and if we don't wait upon Christ, we're weak. And we have nothing to offer but our religion. We need a living, active relationship with Jesus Christ so that when we meet with people, they will say, these are those who have been with Christ. When you can meet with someone and have such a heartbeat of Jesus, you can discern the needs of the people you're talking to. You can read them spiritually like a book because the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and ministering to you. How many of you have ever had that experience where you've been in prayer, you've been someplace, there's such an anointing on you, you could walk up to people and you know what they need. You speak into their lives and they're like, what's going on here? It's waiting upon God. Seven is the number of completion. And as the priesthood would wait upon God, they would begin to recognize, I don't think I want to leave this place. I could imagine when they first went in there, they thought, this is close. We're a little bit too close and all we got is bread. It's kind of stuffy in here in the desert, in a room closed with curtains. I'm claustrophobic. But I would imagine as the Shekinah glory of God and the weight and the presence of God was on that tabernacle and they began to consider the presence of God, I would imagine day five, it started turning around. Day six, day seven, it said, you go out, I ain't leaving. I'm not leaving this place. But the bread's all gone. My meat is to do the will of my Father, said Jesus. He would go into the desert place every morning to wait upon his Father, to hear from the Lord. Being with his Father was more important than sleep. And so, brothers and sisters, I believe the church is entering into that stage of consecration where we are waiting upon the Lord, waiting upon the Lord, because when the tenth thing came in chapter 9, they began to do the work of the priests. They began to offer the sacrifices for the people. But step number nine is so important before we begin the work, and that is to wait upon the Lord. It's all about Him. We can get so busy fixing everything, but it's all about Him. That's what will fix everything is when you bring his presence into it. Would you stand with me one last time as we consecrate ourselves before God? Lifting your hands before the Lord. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we desire to wait upon you, to hear your voice, to read your word, and to be led by your Spirit. Fellowship with us that we may know your voice. Believe in you and trust you. And we will from this place go and minister to a dying world because we are priests of the living God. Amen. Just begin to praise him this morning and thank him. Hallelujah. Oh God, you're so good. Yes, Lord, we worship you this morning.